Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome to SEL, the Subject, Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNonPhoto.com and this is episode 223, recorded on Sunday, August the 11th, 2013. Live to you from Gosport in the UK on the south coast of uh, south coast of England. Well, here we go. It's been about a month since the last podcast. Been a bit busy as usual with work and all that other sort of stuff. I'm sure everybody has and been enjoying the summer. Although this morning it started to rain a little bit. Um, it's cleared up a bit now. Oliver's currently at the gym. Suzanne's working, so uh, I thought oh, I'd uh, slip in a quick podcast. So now aha, there might be a bit of a problem this this month in the fact that I might talk about stuff that I talked about last month because I can't remember I talked about it. If that makes sense kind of <laughs> a little I, I did listen back to episode 222 a couple of weeks ago and promptly forgot what was on it I do make kind of short notes about this sort of thing so forgive me if I'm going over old ground but maybe if it's been a month since you heard the last podcast maybe you've forgotten too um, so anyway let's start off with the most exciting thing that happened to me which was well f- photography wise was um I was covering at our store in Swindon um, a few weeks ago um, and what I try and do if I'm covering at another store I try and get there a little bit early so I can go out and do a quick photo walk take some photos that sort of thing it kind of makes the trip worthwhile and I was running a bit late and I thought oh no I'm not going to have enough time to take any photographs but when I got to the store and pulled onto the street where the store is there's all these fire engines there and this smoke so I thought whoa what's going on so I quickly parked the car grabbed my camera ran down the street and there was this um, the the fire brigade were tackling uh, a fire. The fire was actually out by now, and they were just dousing it, everything down. And uh, what had happened was it was a uh, in, in uh, inverted commas a gentleman's club, where one of the customers had had an altercation the night before with one of the bouncers and come back that morning with his car, reversed it through the through the front door of this um, the strip club got out of his car via the sunroof, doused it all in petrol, set it alight and then run off. Needless to say, they picked this guy up a couple of days later. In fact, it might have been later that day, and set it on fire. So I got there about ten past eight and it had been on fire since seven, but the fire brigade put everything out. So it was really cool because I was, I was like, um, <laughs> you're a photojournalist taking lots of photos. Um, the only thing was, and this is kind of a bit of a, a lesson I guess as well, is I was taking photos and there were some firemen there and they were kind of putting some of their kit away and I said to them, oh right, what happened then? You know, was it electrical fault? They looked at me like I was stupid because I was so concentrating on trying to get some shots of the firemen like with their hoses and they had like this um, 
a cherry picker with a hose on as well, blasting this stuff on. Though I didn't take time really just to put the camera down and have a really good look at what was happening. If I'd had a really good look at what was happening, there was a I would have seen the front of this car sticking out of this uh, the front of this establishment. So no wonder the firemen would look at me like I was stupid, saying, "Well, you know, there's a car sticking out the front of the place. That's what caused the problem." But I didn't know. It wasn't until I looked at the photographs that night that I saw this car in all of these uh, these photos. Um, and I, you know, I did some wide shots, did some close-ups, spent about five, six minutes down there, and then I had to leg it back uh, to the store to, to open up and uh, and serve some customers. But it was, yeah, really exciting, really enjoyed it. And it's, you know, it's that old thing, is it? Always keep your camera with you, because um, you never know what might happen. I was thinking about, you know, sending some of the photos to the local newspaper or or the BBC or whatever, but if you actually went on like the BBC website or the local newspaper website, people had already done it and there'd always lots of sort of camera phone photos and mine didn't really add much to it, but it was just to be there in the moment. And I guess one of the things it's you kind of try and do when you're in that situation, you know, I tried to take a nice wide shot of the whole scene and then I was trying to get like action shots of the farmer running around. The one thing I probably didn't take enough of was shots facing the other way with the reactions of the people who were, who were watching. But overall, overall, it was pretty good. Um, I've also, if you've been, if you keep an eye on the YouTube channel where I upload videos, um, and I've uploaded it to RobNunphoto.com as well. And I'll put the link in the show notes over at RobNunphoto.com. Done a review of the Reflector 35mm film scanner. This is a really cool device. Um, I contacted the guys and girls at Kenra, and they sent me a, re a review model to play around with. And you might have seen this type of scanner before. It's not a flatbed scanner. It's like it's like this box uh, on its end. And then what you do is you put your, your negatives into like a, a holder and you slide it through the bottom. And basically it's a digital camera in the box and it takes photographs as you go past. They're a lot quicker to use than, than flatbed scanners, but traditionally they've been pretty low resolution and low quality but the great thing about this um, reflector one it's rated at 14 megapixels so the pictures themselves are about uh, 4400 by 2900 pixels which is really good it gives you lots of elbow room and it can do 35 millimeter film 30, so 35 millimeter neg 35 millimeter slide um, it can do one comes with holders for 110 and 126 as well um, and I was really impressed with it. It's really fast to do. You know, about two seconds for each picture. You can brighten the photos up. You can darken them down if you want. It comes with some nice software as well for rotating and cropping and improving the um, the pictures. And overall, I, I really liked it. What I especially liked, actually, was that it comes with a rechargeable battery. So you don't have to have it plugged into your computer. You can go somewhere else with a nice cup of coffee, nice cup of tea, do some scanning while you're watching the TV or if you want to be really picky about it you could say well actually I know that the room in the house that has the least amount of dust is the bathroom so I'm actually going to do my scanning in the bathroom and you could go off and, and do that and I was pretty pleased with the results from the scanner as well um, I think it retails for about uh, 130 quid and it's called the um, the X7 um, well, let me get the full name it's the Kenro Reflector X7 uh, film scanner um, and so if you're in the market for a scanner but you haven't got the space for a flatbed one of these little 35mm ones uh, is very good of course if you're going to spend a lot of money on a scanner you'd probably get something like an Epson V500 or a 700 where you can scan medium format 120 film as well 
Um, but if you're just after 35mm slide or 110 and 126 then I would definitely think about one of these scanners because they're very small um, as I say you don't need to have it connected to your computer it just writes the photos to a JPEG mode to an SD card and uh, the quality is fine you know I, I was uh, very very pleased with it as well I got my results back from shooting the red scale film I think I talked about this last time um, where in my Olympus trip what you do with, and I've put a video up as well on the, on the YouTube and on the website, but what you do is you take your colour 35mm film, negative film, and you get another canister, and you take the leader from the film, and then you lead it into the used canister, you sort of tape it onto the end, I've done a video of it, and you feed it through so that the, the film is the wrong way round in the canister, and so the light goes through the film the wrong way as well. Um, so all your photos have this kind of red or an orangey look. And you can get some quite nice pictures. The, the, the tricky thing about it, though, is uh, the film is a lot less sensitive to light, so you have to overexpose by, say, two stops. So the the colour film I put into my trip was rated at uh, 200, so I was shooting it at 50, so you go 200 to 100 and 100 to 50. Um, so it's quite slow, and I did some shots in a graveyard in Southampton at a church, and they, they came out okay. Um, I think probably next time I would go on maybe a more a sunnier day, um, just to just to get some more contrast in the results. But I, I really like the effect, and I think uh, I quite like cross processing as well. Where you take E6 slide film and then shoot it normally, but then develop it um, in uh, E36. Uh, color uh, development at your local lab, but red scales are cheaper way because you know you can pick up color film really cheap, can't you? From you know I go to the pound shop and you can get Kodak or um, Agfa branded uh, 24 exposure rolls for a pound. You know, so if you if if, you, if the results aren't great, then uh, then um, it doesn't really matter. But I would say definitely have a go if you're into your film photography. Um, definitely have a go with red scale because it's easy to do. All you need, as as I say, is a there's a roll of colour film, an, exp uh, an old cartridge with the leader still sticking out. If you haven't got one, if you go to your local lab, your local ASDA, Walmart or whatever, and say, look, can I have some of them? They'll have bags of them that they'll let you, that they'll let you take away. And uh, go to robnafoto.com or the, or the YouTube channel and have a look at the video. And uh, yeah, have a go, have a go. You, you might be really surprised. I'm not saying shoot somebody's wedding with red scale film, but for a bit of fun, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. If you're in the UK, and I don't know if this applies to the rest of the world as well, um, Love Magazine is out right now, which is a fashion magazine, comes out twice a year. Um, it's very similar to Rankings Hunger Magazine. In fact, Love Magazine came out first. Um, yeah, and if you're into your portrait photography, your fashion photography, um, get it. I think it's about six quid. It's as thick as a telephone book. Fantastic looking photographs. Uh, interesting editorial work. You know, the stuff where they... Uh, get designers clothes and come up with a concept and take some photos i must admit though a lot of the time in these fashion magazines what i really like are the adverts <laughs> you know the photography the adverts can be absolutely amazing you know because they have the best photographers the best lighting the best models and um, you just look through them and go wow okay you know so that is what um a a current you know uh, a contemporary great photography uh, f photo, a uh, photography photo, a great fa fashion photo. That's what editors, that's what advertisers are looking for. 
um, and it really is surprising. And also, the, what you get in the fashion magazines as well is you get lots of black and white work in the adverts. You know, it's not all colour. Um, you get lots of moody black and white stuff. You get lots of lighting. You kind of get the feel for all the different designers as well. They all have their obviously every season they have their different campaigns. But like um, the Dolce & Cabana campaign is really cool. The Versace one. Um, they all have this this sort of flavour and. And you might think, you know, well, what's a 42-year-old bloke doing looking at fashion magazines? But it's really all about the photography. Um, I'm not going to become a new David Bailey, am I? But I can appreciate the portraits and think about, right, okay, how did they create that look? Um, what can I do? You know, you can reverse engineer the lighting in some cases, you know, where they haven't been photoshopped too much. And say, okay, so I can see the... the um, the, the catch light in her eyes so, and there's one big light so maybe there's a big soft box there I can see the shadow from her nose is going straight across so it's side lit or it's back you know or it's or uh, say it's an outside shot well she's in open shade so she's back lit and her hair it looks like it's got like a rim light on it from the sun that sort of stuff in it and it's good to to look at it that way and I find it very inspiration as well I mean I wouldn't go out and buy like Vogue and Ellen all that stuff every month because it's too expensive um but buying um by uh, buying that, I, I tend to buy Rankin's Hunger and that and Love. You know, it's about every three months, and it's definitely worth getting hold of. So that's Love magazine. If you're in the UK, get down to Derry Smith. They tend to have it in stock. Uh, you won't regret it. I also finished the review on the Minolta AF Big Finder. I think last time I talked about the Canon Shot Big Finder, and these are little 35 millimeter compacts I picked up from the car boot for a couple of quid. Um, that have two things going for them really well is the fact that they run off AA batteries so they're nice and cheap to run because a lot of the compacts you get and the SLRs you know you pick them up really cheap but then the battery costs you 15 quid <laughs> and if you don't shoot them very often this can be a bit of a bind but the Minolta AF find, runs off AAs fabulous nice big finder as you'd expect fixed focus well it says autofocus on it but you can't really hear an autofocus motor going but it took some nice sharp photos um, again I've done a video review on YouTube which I've put on robinandphoto.com if you see one hanging around a car boot sale or at a thrift store or at a charity shop first things first you know pop open the battery compartment is it effed is it full of battery acid if it's not chuck them a couple of quid take it home have a play um, or I would always say, even if you th say you're going abroad on holiday or something and you're thinking about buying disposable film cameras, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Go to your car boot shop, car boot sale, get some cheap 35mm compacts, top them up with new batteries, new film, and they'll take photos that are much, much better. If they get full of sand, if they get dropped in the sea, who gives a um, monkeys? Because it doesn't matter because they're so cheap, but they take great photographs, nice and sharp, got built-in flash, and as I say, runs off AA batteries. So the Minolta AF Big Finder, big thumbs up for um, a nice uh, cheap film camera that, I think in the review I talk about the fact that, you know, you, could, you can buy a Lomography camera, can't you? You could go out and get a fisheye or a spinner or all these different ones, but they're quite expensive and they're a bit plasticky and they do break. Whereas you could get something like a Minolta AF Big Finder or the Canon Shortshot BF for a couple of quid. Takes great photos, and if you want it to look a little bit like Lobo, as I did with the the Shortshot BF, get a get a marker pen and and do some marks around the lens. Um, put some old film through it, put some red scale film through it, and then all of a sudden you've got that vintage sort of vignetted. Um, highly saturated look and, and it's very good um, 
things I've got from the car boot recently. I got um, a Duff flip video camera, bit gutted there. Lady was selling a flip video camera. I must have, I should have guessed when I said, how much you want for the video camera? And she said two quid. And I thought, wow. Went to turn it on. Turns on, but then turns off straight away. At the time, I thought it just had a flat battery. Get it home, fresh batteries, still does it. I'm in the process of taking it apart just to see if there's anything that may have come loose inside, but I think it's probably been dropped or dunked in water or something, so I'll have to bin it, because I wanted it as a kind of a, a better video camera for the videos I do for YouTube, because I just use this kind of... Um, okay, <laughs> It's a Canon A490 compact camera that I used to take the videos which is okay um, but I thought maybe the flip would, would produce better low light video because I'm doing them myself so, so that was good um, got what I thought looked like a really nice little rangefinder something called a Minolta Rapid 24 so we were at the car boot sale in uh, just by past Titchfield and um, I saw that I thought oh, that a nice little, I always like little Minolta's you know metal body Nice little uh, lens on it, wound on fine, popped open the back, back looked okay, closed it up again, uh, rangefinder worked. And the bloke came up and I said, how much do you want for it? And he gave me this whole spiel about how, if people wanted it, that it was worth money. And I was like, well sure, yeah, if somebody wants to buy it, it's worth something. If they don't want to buy it, it's not worth anything. Yeah, And I think he wanted three quid for it or something. So I said, yeah, fine. Not thinking, you know, give them the money, go home. Opens up the back when I get home and realise, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no like winding spool on the right hand side. There's just like these two spaces with the sprockets kind of halfway along, you know, the, the, well, the, the little teeth that sprockets go into. And I, then I realised this isn't a 35mm camera. Looks like a 35mm camera, but it's not. It was, the, the, these film, these cameras were built in the 60s and 70s for something called the AGFA Rapid System which is, was a response to the Kodak 126 cartridge system. Um, and the idea being that what you would do is you've got these little special AGFA rapid cart film cartridges. Well, they were, they look a bit like 35mm film cartridges. Put them in, put, put one in one side, put an empty cartridge in the other, feed the film into the entry empty cartridge, close it up and shoot away. And as you're shooting, the film is feeding from... Um, one cartridge to the other so when you're done you just take the cartridge out put the empty one back where the uh, the uh, the full one now is take it to the lab get it processed and then start again and again it was this whole movement of the idea that loading 35 millimeter film is tricky and if you can come up with a system where people don't have to bother you're going to sell more cameras as we well know if you've got a modernish slr or compact that 35 mil you know they load incredibly easy the automatic ones you just put the film in the over the sprockets close it up and zzz, it all loads up so anyway so i was a bit gutted really because um it looked like a really nice camera and it's a proper um range finder camera as well and the fact that you look through the viewfinder and you get two ghosted images and as you focus that they, they, they become one so one of my missions maybe this week is to either to track down some cartridges which I don't think is really practical it's going to end up costing me too much money but finding a way of fitting a 35mm film cartridge into into the left hand side with another film cartridge on the left that it can feed into I might have to do some hacking around with a Stanley knife or something um, so there we go um, also currently I'm playing with some massive backdrops again the kind people at Kenro who are like a UK importer of 
importer of photographic stuff um, they've sent me these big pop-up backdrops now you know d using flash doing a uh, little bit of uh, off-camera flash work and stuff one of the challenges of doing nice portrait is not getting a background that's too busy and I had my eye on something like you know those backgrounds where you build up the stands and then you have like a background that drops over the top and I was a little bit uh, about the pop-up ones I thought they can't be very good can they but anyway after I'd reviewed the reflector scanner Kenro said is there anything else you want and I said well how about one of these backdrops or one of these pop-up backdrops so they sent me two backdrops um, and a backdrop holder and these are the again they're the pop-up ones you know like the kids tents you they come in a in a, in a in like a, it looks like a symbol holder or a reflector holder so it's round and then you let go of it and it kind of goes doing <laughs> and this things these things are absolutely massive they're one and a half meters wide by two meters tall they're absolutely huge and then they've got this holder that clips them up so they're brilliant they really are good if you do get them or anything similar I warn you that the first few times you try and fold them up to get them into the back into the bag is a nightmare <laughs> till you get the hang of it. Once you get the hang of it, it's easy. Um, but what they give you again is they give you an opportunity. To, I mean, in this place, I've got a white and a black background, but they give you an opportunity for a nice plain background, um, which you can then work on. So you can put this background up in somebody's house, or in your house, or in a studio, and all of a sudden you go from a cluttered background to a nice simple one. And they do blacks, they do whites, they do painted ones, all sorts of different things. And because they fold away very, very small, um, they, you know, they're perfect for, for the amateur photographer or, or the travel photographer. I'll give you more of a review next time after I've had a chance to really play with them. But initial impressions are very, very good. Now they're not, you know, they're not cheap. I think the fo the the um, backdrop holder they they sent me is about fifty five quid, and it's like a very heavy duty light stand. And the pop up uh, backgrounds are about hundred pounds each, um, but they look like they'll last a long time. Um, and as I say, yeah, very, very big and very, very good. What else is there? Um, got a book uh, this week as well. Um, it's a Helmut Newton book called Work. But again, I'll do a bigger review of that next time because I, I quite like Helmut Newton. A bit controversial, but some of his phot photography is very, uh, uh, very hard. Not really hard hitting, but it's, it, it stands out really what he does. Probably one of the biggest things actually that happened to me that I'll kind of finish off with uh, for this episode is. I got a load of film and if you've looked at the uh, robnanphoto.com blog you'll know that um, I think it was last week, the week before I, I, I'm a bit of an addict to Gumtree. Now for everybody outside of the UK Gumtree is a bit like Craigslist or a bit like eBay but it's classified sales so it's buy it now and it's kind of based um, on areas so you know you look at you you fire up the app on your phone and go right okay i'm in hampshire show me what you got to do with photography accessories or digital cameras etc and then some guy in portsmouth said i've got a load of films um they're a pound each uh, if you want any drop me a line so i sent him a line saying how much do you want for the lot and he sent me an email back saying well look you know they're, they're out of date um so I can't guarantee they'll, they'll work but how about 30 quid now a bit skint this month but I said yeah fine 30 quid because I knew there was quite a few films and they, he very kindly chap called Tony brought them in brought them into my work um, and I gave him the uh, 30 quid and he was even kind enough because one of the uh, boxes was missing a couple of rolls to give me 2 quid back and I was like wow and these are the old black 
uh, cased uh, Ilford films. So what I got for my 30 quid was... <laughs> I'm reading from a list now. I got four boxes of five rolls of, H of FP4 plus uh, 35mm film. So that's 20 rolls with 36 exposure in a roll of uh, 35mm FP plus, uh, which is ISO 125 that, that expired in 2003. <laughs> Amazing. I got... Um, Panf plus 50 35mm so this is a nice creamy black and white film 10 rolls of it um, and that, despite, that expired in December 2001 and one of the things I'm most excited about is the um, uh, I got the FP plus uh, 125 in uh, 120mm uh, I got 5 boxes of 5 rolls so that's 25 rolls and that expired in March 2002. And, you know, this is more black and white film than I've, than I've owned in my entire life. And you may think, well, wait a minute, Rob. Um, how do you know it's going to work? Well, generally speaking, older film, as long as it hasn't been left in the car, even if it hasn't been stored in a, a fridge, it lasts for years and years and years. Older black and white film lasts even longer. An older low ISO black and white film lasts, you know, yonks. I mean, that Jessup stuff I had that was in the bulk loader, that Watson bulk loader that kind of started me off like um, many moons ago, I think that was probably from about the 1980s and that stuff came out fine. Or it would have come out even better if I hadn't managed to scratch it getting it out of the bulk loader. Um, so, so I'm super stoked about this. It means that I can do uh, lots of film reviews on you know my film cameras kind of cheaply because I can develop the film myself, scan it myself, and share that stuff with you without having to worry about spending you know uh, four quid on a roll of C41 Ilford uh, HP2 or is it HP2 or HP4? The C41 film, um, and then having it developed as well. But most of all, I'm super stoked about getting the 120 medium format film because obviously with that now I can dig out my uh, C33 uh, twin lens reflex camera and fire that up again because I only ever put one roll of film through that. And I think, I, I can't really remember, but at the time I'm pretty sure I, I, I ballsed it up because I, I forgot that with that particular TLR, with the, with the C33, as you focus it, because it's a bellows camera, you have to adjust the exposure and I don't think I was and so I ended up with some very underexposed and some very overexposed photos at the time I thought it was something to do with my light meter or the shutter in the camera but I don't think it was I think it's because I wasn't compensating you know it's a, you know when you're at so so and so um, distance you need to overexpose by a stop or underexpose by a stop so I'm going to fire uh, bring dig the C33 out again take some more shots do some more scans um, and kind of probably do a video and share share that as well um, because it's always exciting to shoot with film so there we go you know if you're in the UK grab the Gumtree app there's definitely one for Android there'll be one for iOS probably one for Windows too or go on the, the Gumtree website and just search your local area for um, I think they call it non-digital photography accessories or something or just search for 35mm film or film or expired film see what you come up with there's a lot of stuff on there that is overpriced you know you've really got to keep your eye out for a bargain whenever you see anything like a camera or especially digital camera or lenses always have a look on Amazon and check what the price for a new one with a guarantee is but you may well find these bargains uh, f uh, appear every now and again.
Right, so there we go. That's pretty much me for this month. Thanks to um, thanks to everybody for taking part in the Flickr photo group and uploading their photos to the group. That's fabulous. I know movement's a bit slow on the uh, challenges, the assignments for the, for the next couple of months. It's all to do with free lensing, which basically means don't have your lens fixed to your camera. Take it off and flip it around. Or if you've got a, a compact, put something else in. I think there's only one entry at the moment, and I'm guilty I haven't put some in. But I did do some free lens macro photography of some flowers earlier on today, so I should get them into the group pretty soon. Thanks to Everyday Jones who do the intro and outro music. Remember, you can find their music for free download at everydayjones.com. But most of all, I'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast. My name's Rob from robnumphoto.com, and hopefully, pretty soon, I'll see you on Flickr.